0: Good morning. Good morning. I am Shelly Knight, the chaplain here for this month uh, at the Chapel of the Transfiguration. I'm glad that you're here with us today. I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, so you don't have to sit there and try to guess where in the South I'm from. As I am talking, I've already heard people say, "I can tell you're from somewhere down there," but I'm not sure where. Um, and I was, I was telling some of the people who are here today. Today is what we call in the church Trinity Sunday. It's kind of one of those official, unofficial. Sundays like Good Shepherd Sunday or something like that. It's so it's the first Sunday in like regular time. So once we have finished Advent and Epiphany and Lent and Easter and then the season of Easter and everything that goes with that and we get into, you know, the green time, which we're in white today, because mm-hmm. it's the first Sunday of that regular time and it's called Trinity Sunday. And I joke that like I, I'm a school chaplain, so I don't have a normal Sunday parish where I work. But I do supply work, and I fill in at places. And I preach a lot on Trinity Sunday because most priests, most rectors don't like to preach on Trinity Sunday because talking about the Trinity is a very difficult thing to do. And so they usually pass that off to an associate or they get somebody else to come in. So the, the task that we have today is is fairly... I'm used to it a little bit. But I I, I never... The, the sense of humor that, that I sort of look at Scripture with is never lost on me when it comes to days like today because we have today, you did a fantastic job today with the whole first chapter of Genesis. My goodness, what a reading. But as we sit here and look out on God's creation to listen to that story of God's creation of the world, I mean, what a better spot to sit and sort of hear that read for us. But I can't help but laugh when the next reading in Second Corinthians starts off with, finally, and you're like, wait, what? Like, we just we just had the very beginning, like the absolute first thing that there was, and then now it's like, and the last thing I'm going to tell you is this. It's like, wait a minute. What about all the stuff in the middle? Like, that's what we need to know. And even Jesus, the, the, the gospel that we have today from Matthew, I actually, I, I looked it up just to double check. The The lesson from Second Corinthians, what Paul says to the Corinthians, it's the last part of that book. Mm-hmm. So it's the second letter. So it's his last correspondence that we have. It's the end, period. It's the last thing I'm telling you. And then this is the last line of the Gospel of Matthew. Mm-hmm. It's the end. It's the last thing Jesus says, last time he spends with them. So we have the very, very beginning today. I mean, like... In our Judeo-Christian scriptures, Genesis 1 is where it all starts. And then we have these two things that are the very end. But if we think about it, we spend the vast majority of our time in the middle. So like, what do we do? Like, where's where's the middle? Give me some help with the middle part. That's important. I was thinking about, I, I like to, I, I do... I do a lot of trail races and run and things like that. And I think about the start of a race, all the anticipation, the beginning, and you know, the end and the relief when you come and you cross the finish line. And But the work, the work all happens in the middle, you know? And like every, I work in a school, and so there's the beginning of school and the end of school and all the excitement and energy that go into sort of those events that happen at the very beginning and the very end. But the day to day the work really happens in the middle and and as a as a parent i think about you know when your children are born and and how your life changes and i don't know what the end of that looks like cuz i haven't gotten there but i mean like the constant work of what it is to be a parent or anything we do in our lives we really spend so much time doing that part in the middle and like today you might think we got nothing about the middle. we just got the start and the end. But if we, if we sort of drill down on, on what is said, I think it gives us a little bit of a, of a clue. So in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, which it's great when you think about, I, I love it when we get into sort of Lent and Easter and, and we have those moments where like, because as a teacher, I mean, I teach school every day. You're like, if it came down to one thing, you know, if I wanted you to remember one thing, the last thing I want to say to you is, or I want you to remember this one thing, those are the things you tend to say at the end. And so when Paul says this, he says, and today it's almost kind of laughable to us in our world, he says, agree with one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Agree with one another. Live in peace with one another. Which can seem impossible Today. I don't think it seems any more impossible for us today than it probably did back then. But at times it might. And I don't think that it's something that maybe even necessarily we can achieve. But it should be the standard. It should be that thing that we work for. To find ways to, you know, we might even say agree to disagree. Or to live in that common bond with one another. To have a sense of find something that we can agree on, even if we're not on the same page. And what Paul says is, if you can manage to do that, or try to do it, or live in that spirit, then the God of peace will be with you. To work towards that. That's where we want to be. And then when Jesus is talking to His disciples and they come and they gather, again, it just gives me such great hope as a person who just sort of fails at something every day, usually before I even get out the door. It says the disciples, I mean, again, it's just hilarious. These disciples have been with Jesus from the get-go. And they're almost like the Keystone Cops in a way. But this is after the resurrection? And they meet Jesus exactly where He said to meet them on this mountain, and it said they came and worshipped Him, but some of them doubted. And I'm just like, Oh my God, come on! You know, get, I mean, you're standing here with the resurrected Christ, and you're still like, oh, I'm not quite sure about this. That gives me such great hope that, that that I know when I'm not getting it right on any given day that Jesus is still like, It's okay. I've been dealing with this forever, you know. And so. And still, Jesus says to them, all authority on heaven and earth, like everything I've got, I give to you. This is after they doubted. This is not before. This is when he sort of sees them and understands them and knows them and loves them for everything that they are and everything they are not. He says to them, I give you this power to go out and to make disciples and to baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that is the middle part. That's the work. We're given that to try to agree, to try to live in peace, to try to make disciples and to teach people what the love of Christ looks like. To go out and to sort of show people that, to bring them in it was. I love the quote where it says preach the gospel at all times and use words if necessary. Our lives should bring people in to understand and see and know the love of God through Christ. That is the work that we're given to do in the middle. And then when we look at that massive reading from the first chapter of Genesis and you hear about all the work that God does, and creating the world, and everything that we're given, and and the I, I I love the Hebrew translation of the word. We use dominion, but there's a word in Hebrew that's translated to mean more of something like responsibility. That we have uh, an oath, a responsibility to care for the creation that God has put forth, that God has made, and and I love that sense. But the other thing that I find so interesting. And if it was left out, I don't think anybody would notice. But the rest. I, I, I think if we had the story of creation and then we just went on and that wasn't mentioned, nobody would say like, hmm, I wonder why God didn't take a break after all that. <laughs> but it's become so common to us that God rests on the seventh day. And that that was such an important part of Judaism and of of the Hebrew life, of of the rest, the laws that were built around not working on the Sabbath day. It's one of the things that with kids that I work with who are so overscheduled, parents running to all these places to get their kids to all these different things, I was like, we have lost that Sabbath. And we do. We think more about all the work that we have to do in the middle, that part between the beginning and the end. But one of the things that's just as important as all of the things that we're given to do, all of the tasks and the work that God gives us, is to take times to rest, to stop, to not feel bad about not being productive or feel like we're being lazy, but to realize that to rest and to rejuvenate and to recreate ourselves is what God calls us to. It is not an afterthought it's purposeful it's from the very beginning a command that we are given so as we as we hear today especially the idea of what comes at the very start which is always you know we can always get ready and you know there's a lot of prep work that goes into the very beginning and when we get to the end of things that's always an incredibly special time today the mention of those things might sort of call us to remember well what comes in the middle a lot it all comes in the middle to remember to agree to try our best to find ways to agree to live in peace to find ways to preach that gospel and to make disciples and to bring people into the love of Christ the way that Christ made it known to the disciples and makes it known to us and to also find times of refreshment and peace and recreation the way that God called us and intended for all of us to be. Amen.